Reddit did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Monday, April 27th. I had to really think hard about that one. We're coming, obviously, a day late recording this live episode. I guess that's how you'd say it. I don't know. Anyways, coming at you a day late. Uh, Just a tad. Better late than ever. Right. And you know what? We get to we got to sit on a commitment because of that. So now we get to talk about one more. Um, then Brian Niedemeyer drops that Easter egg at about 3 o'clock today that we could potentially see a hat one more. Unless he doesn't know what a hat trick is. <laughs> yeah. Then I think he, he does. I think he does, too. I think he dropped a little bit of a hint. Or but, if he doesn't, mate, hopefully it's more. Yeah, maybe he thinks it's five. <laughs> yeah. We've got a few more rolling in. Um, maybe that happens during the show. Landon's got some speculation. It probably happens tomorrow, so maybe waiting around, or I guess later this week. Yep. Um, but at the, no, early, I think, at the I, earliest tomorrow. Yeah, every kid gets their day. That's, that's fair. So we're waiting on that uh, anxiously. Um, so it worked out that we are uh, that we're coming a day a day later. Um, I don't know what I've got written down there. Uh, we've got a great episode though. We are talking about the Tennessee versus South Carolina game in 1998. Doing our 98 rewatch. Excited to talk about that. Just absolute spanking domination. It's <laughs> all you can say about it. Yep. Two commitments. When we talked about it, when we were uh, getting ready for the show, it was just one, and then they uh, they gave us a little more to talk about. So we're going to talk about both commitments from Dylan Dylan Brooks and Kamar. Uh, Will Cox. handwriting is terrible. Will, Will Cox. Son, right? Will Coxon. Yeah. Will Coxon. Will Coxon. Yeah. Um, we've got some more recruiting, recruiting news as well. Ease Ponds has not officially. It's it's not quite official yet. It's more unofficial. Declared for the NBA draft. We'll talk about that and what that could mean for him. And the Vol roster next year, then the NFL draft. I, I feel like it went as good as it could have. Like that was a good live event. I watched like the whole thing, right? Which is weird. I didn't watch much of Saturdays. I just kept up with it. But Friday, uh, Thursday, and Friday, yeah, dialed in. I mean, so. Saturday I had to watch because I was like, Juwan Jennings is yes, getting drafted, yeah. and I have I have to be here to see it. You were, almost didn't, but right. yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk all about the NFL draft and how the Vols. Went in the NFL draft, and then we've got some segments for you. Guys, before we uh, do get all the way into the show, make sure, like and retweet this uh, episode. Share this episode so everybody sees it. Follow us on Twitter, at more underscore issues. You can find us on Facebook, at more important issues. Um, And then you can follow me on Twitter, at Caleb underscore TN, and Landon at Lambo underscore Raby 10. 10. God, I always get so confused. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I need to route it. I'll tattoo it on my hand. (laughs) Right, Right here. Um, yeah, make sure you follow us, uh, follow tattoo ad name. So you know, it's real. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Follow volunteer roadshow, follow more important issues. Um, and then, uh, we're We've got a giveaway. Landon's going to tell you all about that. I'm going to tell you how to sign up though. Go to volunteerroadshow.com, make a profile and you'll be entered to win every drawing, every show we, every show we have, we have a $25 gift card to give away from hound dogs. So make sure you enter that. As soon as you make that profile, you're entered for them all. So go do that right now or after the show um, to make sure you got a chance. That's $25 to spend on Tennessee gear. Yeah. Do it. That's that's a lot of money. That, quite a bit. That's quite a bit. It, save that up. For nothing. If, like, if you, you don't have to pay any yeah, If you win a few, you got some good Nike gear. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go do that. And you can cash that in. Um, like Caleb said, we'll give it away at the end of the show. You can uh, cash that in by... Um, emailing Bobby C at volunteerroadshow.com or Billy Ratliff at volunteerroadshow.com within a week to uh, claim your prize. So do that. 
Go check out all our sponsors, Hound Dogs, Tennessee Tap House, Bet Now, and Commercial Bank. I want to tell you guys about Commercial Bank. Commercial Bank is your neighborhood bank, and they're a leading financial institution with the services, capabilities, and resources of regional and national banks. Whether it's purchasing a home, saving for your child's future, or planning your next vacation, Commercial Bank is with you every step of the way to navigate life's big decisions. Life made better. Visit cbtn.com to learn more and find a branch near you. Guys, go check out the official bank of more important issues, Commercial Bank. Go check them out. Go check out Commercial Bank. Especially if you have any financial questions during these times, they'll take care of you. Uh, make sure you're checking. Make sure you are. You can still shop Hound Dogs. You can still shop Hound Dogs in Tennessee Tap House. So make sure you, you take care of that. 1998. Let's go back. Yeah. First, go first before oh, we get into yeah. that, oh, yeah. you, you mentioned like and share. Also comment. You know, yeah. follow along with us. Comment. Um, we will check out all these different comments, and if you have any questions, send them our way, and we will hopefully get to them within the show. Yeah, let's do it. I'm getting on YouTube right now, so if you've been commenting on YouTube and I've been missing out, I uh, I really do apologize. Uh, I'm getting on here. Already got a comment from Shane Bentley. Um, he said, "Congrats on the big pickup." Yes, these are some big pickups. We appreciate it, Shane. We crewing um, out here. I can't say the last little part of yours. I'm sorry. It's it. He's a Georgia fan, so I can't can't comment <laughs> on that. Um, uh, Bobby said T. Martin is still completing bro- uh, passes in that game. Yes, he is. Yeah, the record's still there. He's still completing passes in my book. Uh, let's let's go back to 1998. South Carolina is having an atrocious year. 0-6 in league play. 1-7, only winning against Ball State. And if you've watched them, you under- it's not like a mystery. You're not like, what is this team not getting? You, yeah. you get it. <laughs> when you lose to Vanderbilt, like you, something's wrong. Right. You, you get it. Um, before we jump into this game, Bob Kessling on the call on with the Jefferson call. Pilot Sports, uh, the Raycom Sports Network. I thought that was fun. Missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Kessling's on the call. And then it's a Halloween edition. Yeah. Halloween edition. I'm surprised um, they didn't get out the black jerseys. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you'd think they would, they, would, they would do that. Tennessee hasn't started 6-0 since 1969 up Ooh. until this point. And I haven't checked to see if we've done it since 1998 to like be sure. I don't think we have. Yeah, probably not. I don't think we have. 2004 would have been the only year we could have because we beat Florida. And we did in 2016. We started 5-0 and and lost to A&M on the road. So we ha- I know we didn't start 6-0 and in 16. 04, I can't remember. I can look that up real quick. So in 1998, though, hadn't started 6-0 since uh, 1969, I believe. Doug Dickey? Yeah. Doug Dickey here. We actually, I think we talked about 1969 a little bit last week because we hadn't beaten Alabama and Florida oh. since 1969, I believe. So, so. Doug Dickey. Yeah. So Doug, not even Johnny Majors did that. No. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. Oh, this, I, it's crazy how historical, I mean, because Tennessee's a historical program, <clears throat> so, and it's wild how many, like, historical feats the 98 team accomplished. Yeah. Like, how... There were a lot of good teams between them in 1969, and yet the 98 team still outplayed some of those teams. So that's, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. Also I think nice. it's easy. Do what? Also yeah, nice. Also nice. <laughs> um, it, it it is remarkable what this what this team did. Not just when you talk about winning a national championship. I mean, they were an incredible football team. Yeah. So. And I know they mentioned it, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit with the current staff. But they talked about Philip Former recruiting. Um, going into different states and recruiting the best players within those states. It wasn't just 
Tennessee guys. Um, <clears throat> he recruited all over. I think Will Bartholomew was the number one player in Mississippi. Um, they also had somebody, I think, the number one player in Kentucky at that point. So, um, you know, a lot of guys from – it wasn't just Tennessee guys. You know, these were the top recruits from all over, and that's – I feel like that's kind of what Pruitt and Ansley and these kind of guys are doing right now is, is trying to build that, not just having to go within – the state borders, you know, going outside and, and just getting the top talent in the nation, not just our state. Right. Um, who was it from South? They meant because they were talking about that. And they were talking about how there was some really good South Carolina talent on that Tennessee roster. Yeah, so three out of the four starting defensive linemen for Tennessee are actually from South Carolina. No, okay. I knew there was a comment made. I <laughs> thought you might know since you went along those lines. Yeah, that that's – it's pretty incredible. <laughs> it, it's – Terrible when it happens to you. It's terrible when, you know, you've got guys from the state of Tennessee that come back here and beat you. Yeah. Um, it, it's fun when you're on the other end of that. Right. So that that's always uh, exciting. Speaking of the Halloween game, since we're working, I guess, towards the kickoff, um, I did find it funny that Boo Williams Boo. returned the kick on Halloween. The opening kick return on Halloween. He's probably their best playmaker. Yeah, I think I mean, pretty much all the big plays. I that as a playmaker. <laughs> I think all the big plays for South Carolina, Boo Williams was a part of. Yeah, yeah. it was a part of that. Um, just absolute domination of this game. You tweeted about T Martin's, um, SEC record that he broke in the game. He also broke school record and NCAA record. I know he still holds the SEC and school record for 24 consecutive completions. I don't know if that still stands in NCAA. So I was getting confused and I completely forgot he completed a pass before this game. So if you're following along with the game, you're like, yes, he's, he's behind like it. Right. Like there's. He, he threw an incompletion, so the he didn't get the record. He did get the record because, because he completed a pass before this game. Just one, too. Right. His last pass at Alabama was a completion. That yeah. was the first one. So and, he, he and then his first 23 straight. passes at South Carolina. Right. Yeah, he would have. So that's how he broke the record. Um, still stands today. 24, I don't see that getting broken anytime soon. That's an insane amount of, especially with how much you throw today. Well, and, and they said he broke Peyton Manning's record. Peyton Manning's highest. So it was like 14. It was 12. 12? Okay. Yeah. 12. Yeah. Shattered. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's one thing I do want to comment about T. Martin that like, as you watch this, as you watch the full 98 season, you really do appreciate. I don't, we've talked about several times on the show, why is he underrated? Like you watch it and you get it. I, I mean, I think stats and kind of highlights, he doesn't force the ball too much. He's smart with what throws he makes. But he, I mean, you when he does make the big throws, you can see his arm. When yeah. he does make throws in tight windows, you can see the the power he has. But he's smart, so he's not having to use that arm talent all the time. He made a lot of smart throws in in '98, and I'm sure '99. Very very efficient. Yeah, very I, efficient. Right. And, and especially when you have the backfield and the offensive line that you have. If you don't turn the ball over, you win football games. Right, and, and you kind of talk about, and I don't disagree, I'm not disagreeing <clears throat> with it, but you talked about how you would love to see him in a spread. I feel like this is the perfect offense for him because I feel like the spread could potentially turn him into a un- more inefficient quarterback because you're throwing the ball a lot more. You're probably trying to squeeze into tight windows. Now, that may not be the case. He may be able to go through check downs correctly and mm-hmm. you know find the open guy, but I think this system just fits him well because you're able to hand the ball off, you're able to hide the ball on play action, and then make the easy throw when it's there. And he also can tuck it in a run, which would have helped him in the spread. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe not a spread per se, but like a pro, more of a pro-style right. offense where he's able to use play action, but also spread the field out a little bit. Right. Oh, um, I mean, I would definitely <clears throat> love to see him throwing the ball more. Yeah. I, and he looks so comfortable in the pocket. Like, if he just got it 
from shotgun from, and yeah, yeah. And just stood stood there. Like I feel like he would get to run the ball a lot more as well. Oh, I'm sure. And it was funny to see there are times that he can fill the pocket breaking down quickly and he gets out of the pocket very quickly when that happens. Oh yeah. There was one I think in the fourth quarter where he runs it down all the way to the one yard line. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't look like he's running that fast, but he's so like he, his strides are so long. Yeah. That and he's just running by and run, running by defenders. It's pretty incredible. I think in this game he had thirty seven rushing yards, three hundred and fifteen passing yards, and four touchdowns. An incredible stat line. Yeah. Dutton fifteen for fifteen, three touchdowns at halftime. I don't remember the yardage. It was that. like two hundred and something yards. Yeah. Um can we get back to that, please? Yeah. Peerless Prof had another just man game. Yeah, I think he had 10 receptions, 165 yards, and he two took, touchdowns. I think his first touchdown was a screen to the house. Oh, time. yeah, a bubble screen. Yeah. It was untouched. Right. Just found the right gap, and as soon as he got space, gone. And, and for great. a minute there, it looked like the safety might be able to clip him and potentially get him out of bounds, but had no chance. he blew by <laughs> He blew by They also called us wide receiver U. Did they? they I did. didn't hear that. They, they called oh, us Bob. wide receiver U. I mean, that's – I think as, when Azani was here, he was really trying to get that Oh, going. he tried to bring it back. and He tried to bring it back for sure. And maybe – I mean, I don't know. After after that kind of group, there's Robert Meacham, Dante Stallworth. There's been some Patterson, Hunter, we, you know. Yeah. There's been some great receivers here. But at that point in time, it was wide receiver U, and there's no debate. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, it definitely, yeah. When Azani was here, he was he was trying to bring it back. You'd had some, like you said, some spaced out, but it was not. It, it wasn't wide receiver heavy like it was yeah. in the nineties. I, I will say this: they should have. I mean, I don't know how good he would have done, but I'd rather have Azani as the OC than Larry Scott. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hundred percent agree with that. Um, and then. You know, I would hope Butch Jones would say the same thing. Otherwise, he's going to be an intern forever. Yeah. Did I tell you that I found out that his name is on the scoreboard at Catholic? It is? I mean, he donated the money. I kind of understand it, but yes, it is. Where is it at? Is it on the very top? It's on. It's underneath the Jumbotron. Is it? I saw all those guys. What, it, what does it say? Butch and Barb Jones scoreboard. I don't know. Something like that. Old Barb. Barb. She thought she'd have a chip dip named after her. She got a scoreboard. <laughs> she, got a scoreboard. she didn't sign up for that, Butch. Oh, yeah, I saw uh, videos of T and Amari and all the... I don't remember who else was with them training. Penny. At, they were training Penny at Catholic. Um, Penny Smith? Yeah. Uh, they were training at Catholic, and you could see in one of the yeah. shots of them, you could see the scoreboard, and I was like, oh my gosh. Gosh. Live in no- He'll be in Knoxville forever. There's also... Um, on, on. I'm looking at the newspaper article about this oh, nice. 1998 game and it has like the 24 consecutive passes and they almost have to go to a different page that's how many passes he completed <laughs> oh they have them like all listed yeah so we're out there here they have gotcha. them all listed yeah who did he throw his incomplete pass to it was it a, i'm trying to remember if it was a drop i don't know no it I think it was incomplete. Like it was. It was not just. I think he threw it too high. Gotcha. Um, but South Carolina, they didn't really have some. They had one good player, and that was John Abraham, who was like a seven-time Pro Bowler in the NFL, um, defensive lineman. And then you had Brad Scott was the head coach. This is his last year. 
apparently a lot of people like Brad Scott, but he just wasn't a great coach. Um, couldn't get the talent in there. Um, yet Anthony Wright was a quarterback, but Phil Petty came in um, yeah. in relief. Did a better job. They scored when he was in there. Um, right. But it was on Tennessee's like second team. Yeah, it definitely wasn't like. But Petty, it wasn't like a good scoring drive. Right. They didn't. It's not like they. South Carolina didn't show any signs of life in this game. And you mentioned Boo Williams. I think he owns like his own sports complex. Really? Like it's Boo Williams Sports Complex. I don't know if there's anybody else named Boo Williams, <laughs> but I can't. Uh, in South Carolina, maybe. Maybe. Um, Seems like it would be an uncommon name, but. but Phil Petty is—he's the tight ends coach at Eastern Carolina now. Okay. Yeah. So. Do with that with what you will. They were not good whatsoever. They were terrible. We got any? Going through the the stream. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to see if there's any comments here uh, on YouTube as we talk about the South Carolina game. I think everybody's really. Really excited to talk about uh, the newest commitments, and we will get to that here uh, here soon and talk about um, Dylan Brooks and uh, Kamara Wil- uh, Wilkerson. Wilcoxon. Yep. That's gonna, that is a hard name to say. <laughs> like, I want to say Wilkerson really bad. Yeah. But Wilcoxon. Um, yeah. The, uh, I don't think I have anything out, anything else for the this game, really, other than uh, Travis, Travis Stevens was injured in the first quarter. Yeah, he uh, comes back, though. Yeah. Um, he gets, did they even say what happened? I know he just got banged up. It looked like, but I, Raynock Thompson also got injured. Yeah. Um, with back spasms. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah, he did go down. Um, they did mention former was the winningest active football coach in college football. Okay. At this point. Um, and then South Carolina comes into this game missing seven straight field goals. And misses two in the game. So they've missed nine straight field goals up to this point. They're terrible. (laughs) And so we did some research right before the show. Um, They don't win a game next year when Lou Holtz takes over. And they only score 87 total points in 99. In 99. Okay, I thought you meant 98. Either way, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) Disastrous. I think the most they score in a game is 21. That's the last game of the season against Clemson. If you're a South Carolina fan, help me understand it. Like, what do you have? Yeah, I would just go to Clemson. Like, man. your two best coaches in your history aren't even your coaches. I, 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 <laughs> true. I, I feel like... I don't... I don't know. I feel like most South Carolina fans that were South Carolina fans before this Clemson dynasty happened yeah. are now Clemson fans. Gotta be, right? You would think. I mean, what's keeping you with Will Muschamp? <laughs> If it's Dabo Sweeney or Will Muschamp, it's Dabo Sweeney every single yeah. second. I mean, no, zero doubt I'm off. That's <laughs> who we're going with. I'm pulling up a list just to see if there's anybody that, like. Oh, and also Billy Ratliff blocks the second kick. Okay. Our very own Billy Ratliff. There you go. Yeah. Got no, their two best coaches in the league. history of their program. Are their coaches. Lou Holtz and Lou Holtz Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier has. Five less wins than their winningest coach. I'm trying to see how many seasons they've each coached, though. But still. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, Lou Holtz did struggle. At, you can't win in South Carolina. <laughs> no. It's not possible. Carolina does need to uh, Squittered Sports says that Carolina does need to get rid of Muschamp. I do agree, but as an SEC East uh, opponent, 
I'm kind of just like, you can hang on to them. So, yeah, we beat that curse, so we're good. Yeah, we're good. Them we'll, keep <laughs> we'll keep playing it. Um, BVD said South Carolina has some of the most loyal fans in college football, and I'm totally serious. Wow, I didn't know that. I haven't been around a lot of South Carolina fans. I you did, went, you've been to South Carolina, though, before. I did go to South Carolina. Didn't interact much with South Carolina fans, uh, except I did have a good interaction uh, outside of the stadium afterwards. They fed us. It was freezing. They fed us and let us have a fire. So they were, oh, they were nice. I'll say these, the 10 South Carolina fans or so that I met were very nice. <laughs> Don't know if I'd call them loyal because they were feeding the enemy after the game, but after, a, and they <laughs> lost, they did lose in heartbreaking fashion. Yes. Like they had the game one and then lost to Butch Jones. That was 2014. Yeah. So, so kudos. Ugly. Ugly, ugly affair. I don't know if I'm okay with just feeding people after I lose. Yeah, I know. I was like, this is very surprising, but thank you all so much. <laughs> I'm starving. I'm freezing. All I had that game was a raincoat, and it was yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. That game was awful. And then Tennessee's last touchdown, um, Jeff Hall becomes the all-time leader in points. That, in that's when he gets it? Okay. Yeah, so 318. He hits that mark. We so. talked about that last week. Yeah. I guess maybe he had an opportunity to last week. I don't, I don't know how that came up. I don't know. That was the because they scored forty nine points. So that means he had seven in this game. So. Yeah. So that probably wouldn't happen then. Okay. Maybe they kicked a couple full goals. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anything else for South Carolina? Oh, he might have because did he miss two last week? I think so. He missed, I think he. He definitely. Yeah, I think he did miss two because we started talking about how he could okay. have missed. That yeah. had to be pretty much all of his full goals for the season. Yeah. Or that were missed. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. Next week. Tennessee plays UAB on pay-per-view. Ugh. <laughs> Got to pay for that. Maybe we'll get another Bob Kessling siding. You might. In 98. Maybe so. Um, Tennessee, I believe, moves up in the polls next week, too. We go up to number two? So, I know I UCLA and Ohio State are ahead of us right So, we, we go to number two next week against UAB, and then the next week, we bring Arkansas to Neyland, and we're number one. Ooh. So, climbing the polls, slowly but surely. Yeah, moving on up. Uh, BBD said, Caleb, their fan base has been diehard and loyal as long as I've been following college football 40 plus years, and they're super nice, which is not hard to be when your team is awful. Good for them. I'm glad. I mean, I've just given them a hard time. I don't. <laughs> but uh, they are nice. It is okay. I've been cheering for an awful team for a long time. It is hard to be nice. I've left a lot of stadiums on edge. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. That Vanderbilt, that was, we we're on edge. See, that's funny though. I guess that time I was I had a great night because that game at A and M, the two games well, are probably it took, it took us like because we went back to the house, didn't we? No, no we didn't. We went, we went to some taco place and I ordered like thirty dollars in tacos. Oh yeah, that place was not that great. That place was delicious. No, it wasn't that great. Yeah, no, I guarantee you, everybody in Nashville disagree with you. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow that. that was I great. wish we knew what place it was so I could ask. And it was we sat outside, right? Because it was was I it think co- so. it was it cold. Wasn't, it wasn't that cold. I wasn't cold. I had my whiskey jacket on. So. <laughs> it was fun. But, yeah, I, Vanderbilt and A&M, I assumed I'd be on edge for, but I wasn't. Those those games seem like you'd be on edge, yeah. leaving them. I guess, like, during the game where – because it was like a blowout, so, like, by the right. end of the game, you're kind of over You're it. just like, oh, that was, <laughs> you I get over that. it, but – yeah. Trevor yeah. said, hearing talk of another big commitment in the wings for the Vols. Brian Niedemeyer, we mentioned it earlier in the show. We'll talk these commits. Dylan Brooks and Kamar Wilcoxon, uh, a five and four-star, five-star defensive end, uh, edge rusher, and a four-star 
uh, defensive back, says, tweeted today he's going to be playing corner in college, so that's the expectation, I would assume. Uh, two big commits, and then Brian Niedemeyer, about two or three hours after uh, Wilcoxon committed, tweeted that uh, he likes a hat trick. He's a big hat trick guy. Yeah. Um, I think he mentioned hockey. He's from Alaska. I'll give him the pass. Um, hat trick's also a soccer term, but I'll give him the pass. He's a cold weather guy. I get it. Well, I mean, he's got to cater to the ice bears. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so I think they actually like uh, tweeted it at him. My ice bears did? Yeah. Oh, did they tweet something back at him? They're like, what can we do to get you out of game? And he was like, in the pandemic. and <laughs> In the pandemic. And some are like, not necessarily because I'm a I'm all ice bear or something. Oh, nice. So. They need to do a Vols night and get like guys yeah. like that. Just get Jeremy Pruitt and Brad Niedermeyer just... Well, Jeremy Pruitt wouldn't have it. Like, Jeremy Pruitt wouldn't be open about having a good time at, like, a game like that. But they need to get guys like that because they have a Tennessee night, I think. Okay. I think I've seen... Or maybe they have before. Put them guys in, like, the, the box down low. Put them in the just... box. Let them... <laughs> no, first off, I don't I don't care how tough hockey players are. I know they're very tough. But they're not going to see Brian Niedermeyer want to fight. No. Not a chance. No. Moose. Uh, said, who do you all think the starting, starting quarterback will be for the Vols? I think we've both kind of said... JG looks like Charlotte, but I think this year you, I think you see more than one starting quarterback this year. Yeah. I don't I think do it'll too. be the same guy all year. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it's, I don't know, with some decision-making and the, the hits Garantano have taken over the, the past couple of years, there's a really good chance that he doesn't finish the season. <laughs> I mean, we, that's possible. Right now we have one of the best lines we've ever had. Right. Um, but, it, it doesn't – he's still got to get rid of the football. Yeah. We, we've talked a lot about this um, on, on previous shows. We've, we've given, like, really, like, I guess, in-depth conversations about this. Like, we've we've had entire segments about it. Mm-hmm. But it looks like JG, especially not with there not being a spring ball, it looks like JG won't be, the, won't be there. Whatever shot Harrison Bailey had, you know, probably kind of out the window as a starter. But – you do get a fall camp, which is where the starter is going to be determined anyways. So as long as you have a fall camp, and you will, if there's not a fall camp, there won't be a season. So if you have a fall camp or a late fall camp or whatever. There's a chance. You're you're going to – Harrison Bailey could start. So um, we'll see. But let's talk about the good news. <laughs> um, cool. Dylan Brooks. Let's start with Dylan Brooks because he committed Sunday. He was the first to commit. Yep. Um, he's a five-star uh, five-star defensive end mm-hmm. uh, and just absolutely abuses poor – why is he playing high school football? Did you see the video I sent you on Snapchat when I was watching yeah. this? The first play. That just poor kid choice. didn't stand a chance. The third play, he um, gets a tackle and just does the Reggie White, just pushes the tackle to the side and goes yep. and kills the quarterback. Um, so, yeah, just a, just a long kid, 6'5", 220 out of – Roanoke, Alabama at Hanley High School. Um, only 54 minutes away from Auburn. 54. So. Uh, you had to beat out not only some tough schools, but like location-wise. Like you yeah. went into the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not technically a hotbed for recruiting, but you said 54 minutes away from 50, Auburn? 54. He's You're pulling guys whose hometown teams one, you know, are cha- have been champions. Yep. They're quality programs. And you still went away from um, – let me make sure on this. Rodney Garner, he was he was one of the recruiters in this, and he's one of the top recruiters in the country. Yeah, um, I'm assuming probably was part of the Jay Hardy situation. Yeah, he was. 
Um, I think he was at that basketball game. Okay. Uh, the weird basketball game <laughs> incident. But um, maybe Mark Nagy will write a book about that. Hopefully. Um, so Derek Ansley, Shelton Felton um, are the ones credited with this recruit. Also, Niedemeyer, um, Pruitt was in there as well, T. Martin in the state of Alabama. So they, they kind of, you know, tackled this as a, as a group and uh, got one of the top players, not only the top player in the state of Alabama, but one of the top players in the country. Um, he's ranked number 18th per 247 sports composite ranking um, and is the number one weak side defensive end in the country. So just about could have went anywhere in the country, chose Tennessee. I think he when you see last year, when you look back at Henry Tootoo, Kravaris Crouch, who were big parts of that defense, especially Henry Tootoo, um, you see that early playing time. I think that resonated with him. You also see Daryl Taylor get drafted in the second mm-hmm. round by the Seattle Seahawks with only two years in Brute's system. Right. And – it was a position need, um, so th- this is a huge get for Tennessee. Maybe it's one to get that ball rolling, similar to Wanye um, Morris. You know, the first one's a hard one, right? You get the first one, they start rolling in. Recruiting's contagious. And when you talked about the first one's a hard one, I can't. What is recruiting like during all this? Like how are like how are you getting guys to commit? Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult. The good thing, Dylan Brooks has been on campus. Um, right, and he was on campus. Uh, it was actually mentioned that, mentioned that he skipped the Iron Bowl to visit with uh, the staff during the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, came, so, came to Tennessee Vanderbilt instead of the Iron Bowl, yeah. yeah. And and was here for Junior Day in January. Um, so he's been on campus. He also has family, I think, in Knoxville. Okay. Um, so I'm sure that helps with distance and stuff. It's just a place that he's been here. He's comfortable and you know he he could see the field early and i think that's that that's huge and and he's going to be the face of this class right and we'll see kind of who he can bring with him and you mentioned that you you kind of think these how these guys have communicated like obviously the kamar wilcoxon is relate like they're they're committing together to mm-hmm. get the ball rolling yeah so so where did the class start before Dylan Brooks committed so today as of um uh, it's live on 247's website. Uh, after the uh, Kamar Wilcoxon's commitment, we are ranked eighth nationally and second in the SEC. Where do we stand out Sunday before So Dylan before Dylan Brooks, we were in the number 17 class in the country. And then after Dylan Brooks, so yep. this morning we were what? We were 17? We were, we were uh, or we 13. Were, okay. Um, and then we when Kamar Wilcoxon... Um, then we're up to seven. I think USC got a commit, so it moved them ahead of us. So we're now we're number eight. So right. move up nine spots um, mm. with, with two commits. Derek Ansley is the primary recruiter for both of those guys, so he deserves a lot of credit. I think Tennessee's got a gem in Derek Ansley, um, yep. a, a young star, a guy that they're going to have to pay. I was about to say, I think it's someone you uh, you work your tail off to hang on to. Yep. and um, He – can obviously get it done recruiting. Seems to do well um, as a defensive coordinator as well. Uh, I know Pruitt's got his hand in that, but obviously Ansley's got something going on there too. Um, and you hang on to him. Because like you said, he's a primary recruiter for uh, both Dylan Brooks and Kamar Wilcoxon. And dude, Kamar Wil- Wilcoxon looks... I know I know why Jeremy Pruitt wanted him. Because he loves to hit people. Yeah, and loves versatility. Yeah. 
And a guy that can play safety, corner, star, he said that he would play corner in college. Um, and he's actually from Atlanta, um, but is going to go to IMG Academy this year. He's a four-star. Um, he's rated as a safety on, on 247, I think, rivals as well. Number 14 rated safety, um, top 300 player. He's fast. I mean, he's just well, – he's just, a talented kid. And his junior highlights I couldn't find on YouTube or <clears throat> Huddle or anything, but his sophomore year highlights, and he's not at IMG his sophomore year. Right. Um, but his sophomore year highlights, he looks like much more of just a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still plays really physical, but there's several times – I want to watch his entire junior film now. Yeah. Because there's several times in a sophomore film where he goes and just gets the ball. He's more athletic. He's faster than guys. He's in the right spot. Um, and he's able to go and get the ball off. And I – so he plays offense too. Yeah, um, and you see a lot more. Does he play at IMG still? So he's he's going IMG this year. Oh, okay. So his junior year was not. IMG. Yeah, he's in Atlanta. Okay, so I haven't seen those. But regardless, I haven't seen his junior highlights yet. Um, so, but his yeah sophomore highlights are very impressive, and then you can tell he's put on a ton of size and even gotten faster since his sophomore year. Yeah, I think he was clocked out of four four nine um, at a regional opening. Okay, and then. He's a six one, one hundred ninety pounds. I'm. Is the he's he's decommitted from Florida twice. Um, okay, so that's that was the question I was. This can we can go ahead and carry this over into Dylan Brooks, and we or we can talk about both. Do they stay? I feel like is the question everybody's asking. This is a weird time to commit. You're still a really long time away from that early signing period. I assume these guys intend to enroll early, but do you know? Have you heard? Or, or do we? You know. Could they wait until February? I mean, what are the possibilities with these guys? I mean, I think the the more we get the the closer we get to football season, I think the more people are are thinking we're gonna actually gonna have it, and it it might not start on time, but it's actually gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I feel like kids are, are getting comfortable. You know, maybe they're not able to take visits until their season, so they want to go ahead and get it done, or maybe they just want to be the face of the class. And right. Kamaru Coxon did mention, I think, with. Austin Price that um, he he wants to recruit guys. He wants to build a class around him. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want to do that, this is the perfect time to commit because it's early. Um, you get that. Yeah, you have some sort of nucleus within this class already, and then you add two blue chippers in here um, to build around, and that's I, – I, I hope that's what this is. Right, right. Um, okay, but, so – he has decommitted from Florida twice. He so, did mention that that was his dream school. Um, right. So. Okay, so you you talked about how like, this could be the right time to commit if you're you're trying to kind of become the face of the class. And it looks like they're both going to play a part in kind of, quote-unquote, recruiting mm-hmm. some of the other guys. So, but So what are the chances you talked about how Wilcox Sun has decommitted from Florida twice? Uh, like what? I guess you don't have a gauge on who it could be because I feel like needs could change in the, especially in the next six months. Yeah. But if, you know, you think they're probably going to see, could we see a decommitment? I guess. Like, are you, are you still feeling like, do we have his name inked? Like we're not going to, if it was flipped and Tennessee was his dream school. Um, and and he had decommitted from Florida. I would kind of worry about that more. But the fact that we got him from his dream school makes me... F- that he's already committed to it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think it can be also without said that he did get a little... He did get trolled on Twitter by 
I can't imagine if he does decommit from Tennessee, he'd be going to Florida now. I'd yeah, imagine that the, bridge is burned. Yeah, the, um, the staffer ruined that one. And it's not even an on-field staffer. No. What, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, he's basically an intern. He's he's Butch Jones. Yeah. Why the heck is an intern? I'm sure that intern you, probably you fired. Can't, he's now. not in. He, well, he's player personnel. Right. He's director of player personnel. But, but he can't even technically recruit the guy. Like, he's not in home. He's not calling yeah. him. Why are you tweeting about that? And you're, why, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that guy's going to have a talk with oh, yeah. Dan Mullen. Um, I can promise Dan Mullen. That's not, he's not just going to let that slide. No. So, yeah, yeah that, was, that, that, that definitely, very stupid. yeah, it definitely leans towards, um, like, go get your coffee, get off Twitter, and and get to work. Yeah. Do something. Right. I mean, they, at the end of the day, these these are kids. And you, you can't expect every decision to be set in stone. Right. That's right. just not how it is. But, you so know, he, he did talk about his – he wanted to be coached by the, the two of the best DB coaches in the country, and that's Derek Ainsley and Jeremy Pruitt. Right. Um, and I'm sure, you know, he's played offense, um, his sophomore and junior years and, and played defense. I feel like IMG is the perfect place. You know, you have ball skills, you have, you know, talent, your senior year comes up. This is the time to put everything together and get ready for college. So I feel like he's just going to play defense at IMG. Okay. And I mean, that'd be my guess. Um, I mean, it's it's basically a small college anyway. IMG's pretty much like they have enough on their roster that, right. He wouldn't need to play. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to be a two-way player at IMG if he doesn't. Um, doesn't need to. Uh, Dude, less than 24 hours would move up nine spots in recruiting. And potentially have one more coming tomorrow. Yeah. Which would, for, he's a four-star, probably move you up even even farther. I haven't looked at the teams ahead of us. If, if Derek Ansley pulls in this one, too, I mean, that's you got to give him a raise on so the spot, the, right? So he's the primary recruiter for... The guy you think is going to do it. I don't know if you want to say the name. I'm not going to out you like no, that. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. You're I'm not ready. Gonna, you're not prepared to make the predictions. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to let the. That's fair. The guy have his moment. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. He's not the primary recruiter. I don't okay. think so. No. Okay. So he doesn't. He doesn't get the trifecta. But regardless, no. But I mean, he had to do a lot to make the trifecta happen. <laughs> right. And and I like how they're doing it as a kind of like I said before a collective effort. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. It's Niedemeyer, it, it's Shelton Felton, it's um, Pruitt, Ansley. You know, they're throwing everybody at them. Yeah. Oh, they're um, not wasting And It's not, it's not just one guy bringing these in. Derek Ansley's doing a, a lot of it, um, and he should because he's a defensive coordinator. Right. Um, you're, you're getting a little bit of everybody, so you're more comfortable with the staff than you would anywhere else because you're just getting one one or two guys right. thrown at you. So uh, Shane Bentley mentioned that um, – Kirby Smart's one of the better DB coaches as well. That I feel like that's a tough, the tough part of recruiting in the SEC, um, the the SEC East. You, you're you're fighting with Kirby Smart, who has the same, if definitely better resume so far than um, than Jeremy Pruitt in terms of developing and winning with DBs. So yeah, I mean, definitely that's something you're competing with in in Kirby Smart, and um, I'm. At some point, Wilcoxon was definitely on his radar. I don't know how far that recruitment got into it, but at some point, obviously, that that was the case, and you had to fight those guys off. So um, I think that's a really good win because Kirby Smart is obviously proven guy. Like I mean, him and Jeremy Pruitt have the same path. Yeah. And you have to – I mean, you can't argue that Kirby Smart's had more success in his head coaching career so far than Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. 
So fact. Um, I mean, we can we can talk about you know I'm not going to get into it on this show today. We may if we're in social distancing and no sports for longer. We may talk about it one day and and go through. I can give you plenty of reasons why it probably happened, but until then, we just kind of have to settle for that being the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you're talking about. I think Kirby Smart is, you know, good at recruiting. Um, I don't know how, like, what his track record is with DBs. Well, I mean, I just at Alabama in terms of. I mean, you saw, you've seen Jeremy Pruitt's like tweeted out the uh, DBs he's put in the NFL. Right. I mean, he's got probably an identical track record. Is all. Yeah, I mean. he, like he probably does. Coming from Alabama, one. More championships at Alabama than Pruitt. I mean, he's going to have... That's all I mean. I would mm-hmm. say their track record as assistants is probably about the same. I mean, probably... It's a almost identical resume. And then... Then we have Derek Ansley, who was... Then you the also NFL. have Derek Ansley. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, you have plenty of... And you beat out LSU, which has been DBU. I mean, they had yeah. 14 guys freaking drafted. Um, and, that, and that's what... That's what makes it so hard to get not just D, I mean players, but DBs too in the SEC. There's a lot of schools that have that history around here. Yeah, of just having nasty defenses in general. But, but yeah, I think I think this is huge for for Tennessee, um, because like we said before, the in-state crop isn't that good. Um, so you're gonna have to go out of state, and if you want to compete for national championships, you have to win battles. You have to win recruiting mm-hmm. battles. You have to get some of that top talent in the country. You know, there's there's definitely a direct correlation between, um, you know, guys drafted and, and recruiting rankings. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... And then both of those things correlate to championships, too. Yeah. Or competing. Yeah, the, I mean, look at the look at the NFL draft. Let's, let's take the first round. You have basically Ohio State, SEC schools, Oklahoma, and Clemson. That's about it. Yep. I mean, you, you throw in Jordan Love and... Who shouldn't have been picked in the first round. Right. <laughs> so I mean, the majority of those are, are in the college football playoffs. So yeah. that that's your talent. Right. Go get it. Yeah, you, you have to win those battles to to compete for national championships. Mm-hmm. Trying to say, so so you far, win one with Dylan Brooks and you win one with Kamar Wilcoxon. Yep. So far, Justin Herberts, Tristan Wirfs. And Jordan Love are the only people like in that didn't go to schools that you named. Jalen Rieger, Caesar Riz, Brandon can't say it, the water receiver can't say his name. Jordan Brooks, Jeff Gladney. That's it. What six guys in the first round that yep. weren't in the in what you named? That was the SEC college football playoff this year. Did you name another school? I don't think you did. No, that's it. That was it. So, yep. yeah, I mean recruiting rankings obviously don't directly affect championships or uh, the NFL draft, but um, it's also like not a coincidence that it's, you know, the same thing. Like, yep. Stars aren't everything, but they definitely like it. Well, and most know, of it's like directly correlated with wins. Right. And you, and you look mm-hmm. at um, rivals who, who talks about, I think they had a tweet because I think like, all the guys drafted had like four stars or better or something like that in high school. I think rivals. Justin Jefferson is the only, the only one that was a three star um, and, and maybe Justin Herbert. Okay. But rivals, I saw who I can't remember who their president is or whatever, whoever runs the operations tweeted about how good they're doing. Chad Simmons. 
Is that who it is? Yeah. And he, he tweeted about how well they evaluate. And yeah, I mean, you've got to give your guys credit. And then also, they do have to get developed and stuff. I mean, it, it matters where they go to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, any, any, any other recruiting news? Sorry. No, we'll find out tomorrow, I yeah. guess. I guess. Wait on wait on the moose to talk. Yeah. And we'll go. Eves Pons, during all of the draft mayhem Saturday, a lot of people were upset about Juwan Jennings not getting drafted and maybe potentially had another bomb dropped on us with Eves Pons de- not declaring, I guess, for the NBA draft, but he's going to go test the waters. He still has the opportunity to come back. He didn't say it. He declared, he declared it. it. <laughs> he signed uh, an NCAA um approved agent agent so he still has a possibility to come back um i think it's good for him i think he should go test the waters with this draft class too i think there's potential that when he goes and does uh workouts for nba teams he is going to freak some people out with how athletic he is like people are going to sign like i think there's a chance he gets drafted in the top two rounds and is gone and good for him yeah i would love to have him back i think he does a lot for this team in fact i think he could get better and potentially raise his draft stock but I think a lot of people are going to see him and potentially get him into the second round. See, I, I don't think he comes back just because I don't know how much his draft stock can improve. Just because, and hear me out, um, just because you you saw he was the defensive player of the year in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Can he get that much better defensively? Probably not. I mean, maybe a little bit here and there, but, I mean, you're the best defensive player in in the SEC. Right. Um. So you can maybe work on your offensive game. But with next year with the offensive weapons we have coming in, I just don't see him being a focal point of the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he can score a little bit more here and there, but is it enough to improve your draft stock? I just don't I don't think so. No, I I think well, I think if you start yes, the class is gonna get tougher next year. But I think if you improve your offensive game, I don't know how much is enough, but enough. Then I think it improved because now you're an all around player. And but yeah, I, th- I think it would be when you look at the matchup and draft classes, it's probably ends up being pretty close to the same. Yeah, I mean, w- without you being a dominant scorer and you know your your inside game is it's there kind of, but it's not like you're not big enough to be a no. necessarily a post player, right? Um, so there's kind of that in between range, and I, I just don't. I don't know, with the NBA being such an offensive league, I think somebody's going to fall in love with his athleticism and his upside because he just hasn't played a lot of basketball in his life. Oh, yeah. Um, so maybe they take a chance on him, but I just don't see him coming back and improving that stock that much. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if we see him back. I think similar to the Grant Williams thing, except Grant kind of just had already, I think, max, close to maxed out his talent. Yeah. I think he still has a long way to go, but I don't know if it's enough to improve, drive, especially in a year, and a year where you're not going to be preparing like normal. So Yeah, and if he goes undrafted, I mean, Jordan Bone almost went undrafted. Right, I think if Eves goes, if they're, if it's looking like he's going to go undrafted, I think he just comes back, I think. See, I mean, I don't know, because we thought the same thing with Jordan Bone. And right. He, but- he, ends up, he ends up getting drafted and... I mean, his his athleticism is is through the roof. Jordan Bone had some offense to him. Yeah. Um. I, so I, I don't know. I mean, that's I guess that's for him to decide. I think he gets in, any any indication that he's going to be drafted. I don't think he's gone. Right. I don't know much about his personal life. I do know Jordan though. As soon as the season was over, he pretty much went back home to Nashville. Right. I don't know how Eve's 
Like, once I saw him in Nashville, I was like, he's gone. He's working out for the NBA and nothing else. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely going to be a different situation. I think he improves his draft stock when he goes and works out, and I think that's it. Uh, I feel like – I mean, I just – NBA teams have, are always just talking about how they're wowed by size and athleticism. I can't imagine Eves doesn't do that. So, yeah, I think he's gone. But, yeah. Um, I do, and, it, and it's – a lot of people are going to be like, he can come back and improve – Dude, like, I don't understand that because when you go to the NBA, you're going to improve. Like, they're not just not going to yeah, coach yeah. you. But the good news about improving here in college is you can... You can improve your draft stock. You can improve draft stock, and that's cash immediately, whereas right. improving the NBA doesn't immediately reflect that in your salary or your right. bonus. So that's, I think, where the difference is. Yeah. I just don't think there's... There's only one basketball with John Fulgerson... Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson, I just don't think there's enough basketball to go around to make him that much better offensively. Yeah, I I don't – I think, well, like I said, I think it would be different when you're looking at weak draft classes compared to what next – what 2021 draft could be. Mm -hmm. I think it's tough to compare because if if we're back in 2019 and East has a chance to – Go, go look at the 19 draft or wait around for the 20 draft, I'm telling him to definitely stay around and wait for the 20 draft class. Yeah. So, but it's because the 19 was pretty loaded. Yeah. Fairly loaded, especially compared to this year's. So, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Uh, I would say, I would put his chances at probably more of a Grant Williams than a Jordan Bone. I feel like Grant Williams. I think just, just like draft, like where it was in the draft. Like, he, he's not going to be a first-rounder. No, 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 What I mean is chances of coming back. Oh, Whereas okay. I felt like Grant Williams was, like, leaning towards the possibility of coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah. And whereas Jordan Bone was, like, out the door, gonzo. So. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I'm I'm more comparing him to Jordan Bone just because oh, yeah, he'll, they would be drafted. That's where he'll be. Yeah. If, he, if he gets drafted, that's where right. he'll be. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, NFL draft. Different draft. It was interesting. Like, I, I feel like it, I, I mean, it, it's was the only thing on. So, like, I, I watched <laughs> I had, it more watch than it. I would any other draft. But. Right. Well, typically I'm busy on the, I, I've never, I've never watched the first round of an NFL draft. I've always had a soccer game. Like, I've oh, ne- really? Yeah, I've never watched first round. Hmm. So, this is the first year I've ever gotten to watch first round live anyways. Um, I've obviously seen the replay of them calling names on Twitter, but I've never seen it live. So, this is the first year getting to do that. It's um, it's really cool. Like when you have your team, you're always find yourself like, okay, if they pick here mm-hmm. and here and here, I think we would go with this player. And then right. it comes out like they pick the same position you thought, but a totally different player. And we're well. The frustrating part about looking at the Titans is you're like watching these people skip on Jawan Jennings, and I understand the Titans wanted speed and wanted to look for speed on the outside, but you don't need you don't need the deep threat on both sides of the ball, and you already have AJ Brown. In the fifth round, I'm going, get Juwan Jennings. Get Juwan Jennings. Pass on him. Get Juwan Jennings in the sixth. He's still there somehow. Get Juwan Jennings. And, of course, that didn't happen. So, that was very frustrating. But it is what it is. I I, I think the 49ers, I know I'm kind of skipping ahead in how we're talking about this, um, but I think the 49ers are, I think they ended up having, like, a draft grade as a team, like a B, something like that. That was pretty good. And and then they got someone like Juwan Jennings in the, the seventh round. Who's their first pick? Or sixth round, sorry. Right? Yeah. Do they have a first round pick? Well, they might not have. 
look at it. I'm not sure who their first pick was. The only, I think the only one in the first round I'm kind of like. Eh. Oh, it was Brandon Eric. Yes. Um, out of Arizona State. Yeah, the yeah. wide receiver. Uh, the only kind of like, I think every other, everybody else, Justin Herbert, don't like that pick at six. Not at all. Um, especially in that situation. Don't think he's going to do well. I'd be very surprised if he does well. Uh, then the Henry Ruggs pick. There's two wide receivers I take in front of Henry, or not Henry Ruggs. Um, is it Ruggs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you take CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. I'll take, I'll take Jerry Judy first. Yep. I might take Ruggs over CeeDee Lamb, maybe. But I, I'm taking Judy first. Yeah, I, sure. I feel like it was it was a reach. Um, and then they reached again and got Damon Arnett. And he had a third-round draft grade. Uh, Shane Bentley said he's really surprised at LSU running back. can't remember how to say his name. Clyde went Edwards. Ahead, went ahead Blair. of DeAndre Swift. Um, I think he fits better in the Chiefs system than DeAndre Swift. I think DeAndre needs to go somewhere that he's going to kind of be a premier, get the ball back all the time. Whereas, yeah. and like Claude Edwards, Hilaire, is his name? That's he's, right. Yeah. He's going to be, I think he's a perfect back for that system. Mm-hmm. I don't think DeAndre Swift touches the ball enough in that system. Hey, probably not. Yep. With all the weapons you have on yeah. the outside. So as much as, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that he was one of the first running backs off the board, it probably works better for DeAndre Swift. So yeah. I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Maybe Claude Edwards Hilaire will be rookie MVP. Where did Swift end up going? I he was taken before Fromm to the Lions. <laughs> to the Lions? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't I don't dis- I don't dislike that situation. They they still need some outside threats, but Somebody I'll said last the night that the Detroit Pistons hit harder than the Detroit Lions. Ever. Oh, 100%. That's 100%. I do love the Bengals' uh, first pick in the first round and the second and the first pick in the second round. Oh, yeah, that's great. I, like, I mean, you had to take Joe Burrow. You had to. And then <clears throat> T. Higgins. If Joe Burrow is good, T. Higgins will have a very successful NFL career. Yeah. If he doesn't, I don't know – if he's going to be able to be a wide receiver that can go and get the ball without a good wide, uh, good quarterback, though. So, I think he may need a good quarterback. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's never really had a bad quarterback. Well, he just doesn't seem like that. Like, I feel like Jerry Judy is a guy who doesn't need a good quarterback to be successful. Mm-hmm. He seems like – I'm about to name some guys that have have had some good quarterbacks, but they've also had some mediocre ones. But A.J. Green's the primary example. Mediocre quarterback his entire career and still – yeah, he's been fine. I mean, T. Higgins is just a playmaker. I mean, he's yeah. been that. He's been that since he's been at Clemson. He was like that in high school. I, I feel like nothing's going to change when he gets to Cincinnati. Right. And having AJ Green, I don't know if AJ Green's out the door or, or whatever that situation is. But I think, I think that's him. that's going to be huge for AJ Green and T. Higgins. I think it helps both of them if AJ stays around. Yep, I do. Um, see some picks. I really let's try to. Seattle Seahawks, here. Jordan Brooks, the linebacker, that was, ugh. Because <laughs> they had uh, well, Patrick why? Queen. Yeah, yeah. Right they, there they didn't for the table. Why did Green Bay get a quarterback and get a quarterback in Jordan Love? <laughs> I have no clue. I mean, if you're going to go quarterback, just wait for the third or fourth round. And, and get, get that guy. Yeah. Or, get or, that same guy. Yeah, probably. Or, or get Jacob Eason. Or get Jacob Eason, who I love going to the Colts. Yeah, that's, that's and gonna be good. I like Jonathan Taylor of the Colts. Yeah, that's gonna be good. I, I like Easton because I feel like he's probably not a day one starter that could come in and play in the league. But if he sits behind for a year, has some time to adapt, maybe. he's gonna score you points in garbage time yeah. too because he can throw it a freaking mile. He can launch the ball. I I like Jacob Easton there. I don't know how most people feel about it, but 
It is what it is. Also, uh, not a great day for girlfriends. Um, that was kind of rough. Yeah, no, they, uh, they're going to have to start restricting girlfriends to the viewing area if they have to go virtual again. You got the, the Isaiah Wilson's girlfriend. The mom made her get up and yeah. move out of the way. And then you had CeeDee Lamb. His girlfriend tried to check his phone, and he rips it away from her. So, yeah, not a good night for uh, for girlfriends. <laughs> also, I'll for ESPN either. I'm going to talk about that and fail. Also, Roger Goodell. Dude, he – I liked watching his um, – I guess how he uh, how he adapted throughout the draft. Thursday night he was very formal, ready to go. Friday you could kind of tell he had just gotten off work. Saturday he got into full relax mode by the end of it. Man, it was dead asleep. He was just like a normal one of us. Like it was just like us. I loved it. Yeah, the first night he was like skull. Yeah, skull. I don't think he knew what that was. I think he just thought they were clapping because he was like <laughs> like a freaking seal. I was like, what's going on? Um. Also, did you see so? I'll, this is can be my fail. Let me go ahead and because I meant to do it a couple weeks ago. So is it Fanatics doing all that? Those like giveaways they keep calling them. Yeah, the all in stuff. Mm-hmm. So Roger Goodell is doing one of those. I don't know. Yeah. It's through Fanatics, and he's giving away um, a chance to watch Monday Night Football game with him on his couch in his man cave. And currently, the highest bidder is Dave Portnoy. I saw. That. <laughs> I'm like that is the that'll be the greatest troll job of all. That's going to be interesting because you know Dave Portnoy is going to record it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, like, why is Roger Goodell's TV so small? You think that's his actual TV? No, he has another TV. But that's his entertainment. It's like, it was in an entertainment center, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was classic entertainment center. Well, it was dumb because he had the the TV, and then right next to it, he had, like, a computer monitor, and they had the same thing playing. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. No. No. Yeah, that guy's a weirdo. But let's get to, um, also... Cliff Kingsbury's house. Oh my god! I don't think that's his house. You don't think so? Being it could fake? be. I mean, I'm just kidding. It could be, but it seems like one of those. It's just his man cave. <laughs> yeah, it seems like one of those things where like his agents like let's make you let's put you in a really nice place. He's like, I got a real estate buddy that has empty houses. Let me call. Him. Yeah, it's just like seems like the douchiest thing ever. But um, yeah, he looked like he didn't live there. No, it did not look like anyone lived there. Right. That's why my theory, that's, I feel like, is pretty strong. Uh, yeah, that's pretty, that might be uh, true. Uh, also, Mike Vrabel. Did you see uh, his... <laughs> Vrabel needs to have some conversation with his kids about drug use. <laughs> is that his kids? Is that who that is? I guess. <laughs> it looked like they might have been tripping acid together. Well, one was taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Right. Like, it looked like the Harlem Shake, like, right before you... Uh, like if you pause the Harlem yes, Shake video, that, like that, that would be you're it. right. You're absolutely right. Uh, a lot of conversations going on in the comments right now. Dallas had a good draft. Dallas yes. did have a good draft. Wasn't crazy about, like I said, I'm not crazy about the CD Lane pick. Whatever you took him, I feel like you may have too many wide receivers now, but it's fine. Yeah. At least one's a rookie on a rookie contract. It's a first round contract though, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's still better than potentially what he could be getting paid in three years. Um. Pigskin Pete said Arizona had the best draft. I think they were technically graded as the best draft. I feel like they just went out and they did get best available at pretty much every position, but also met every need they needed to meet. So a little unfair when you grade drafts like that because some guys were getting best available over like medium needs. Like they didn't necessarily really need that position. They can do better in free agency. Mm. So they got the best available, which I thought the Titans should have done a little bit better. Um, and I thought the Chargers should have done better. Like, I didn't think you needed to take Justin Herbert. He's the best available quarterback at that moment, but he was not the best available player at that pick. 
Yeah, I think I the think Packers and Raiders for me were just like, oh my I god. I thought the Raiders salvaged their draft. I know their early, their first round pick was well after them doing so well last year. Yeah, and then I thought they salvaged. this year they reached on their two first round picks. I yeah. was like, oh man. I, I do think the the back half of the draft they salvaged it. I thought they did pretty good. I thought they put it together. Um, Bobby said he didn't follow the draft much. Who did Arizona draft? They got Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, Josh Jones out of Houston. Can't say Leaky Leak Leaky out of Utah. However you say his name. Uh Rashard Lawrence out of LSU, Evan Weaver out of Cal, and Eno Benjamin out of Arizona State. What about Bill Belichick drafting a kicker in the fifth round? Before <laughs> Jawan there was a long snapper taken before Jawan Jennings. I feel like though Bill Belichick was doing that just to be funny. Like I feel like, uh, yeah. Also I'm gonna get Cam Newton free agency. Uh <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be good next year, aren't they? The just, Patriots, yeah. Just I hope, but I, they gotta go get out and get a quarterback in free agency. Yeah, Somebody, yeah. It can't be freaking um, what's his name out of Auburn, Stidham. Yeah, Jared Stidham. It can't be him because no. he freaking lost to Butch Jones's worst right. Tennessee team in history. Yeah, no, he's well. Scott, he lost to Jammer Pruitt, but Scott yes. Callhorn <laughs> asked a question: Will we land the DN out of North Carolina? I think he's talking about Javari Ritzy. That's one of, you know, Tennessee really wants. I think we made uh, his top five. It's going to be hard to get him out of the state of North Carolina. His teammate, Renia Dilworth, um, is already committed to North Carolina, Mac Brown. Um, so I think when everything opens back up, you get him on campus, you got a shot. Um, but I think your biggest, um, biggest competition would be the Tar Heels. Okay. Sweet. Dude, have we heard anything about Kennedy uh, Chandler? I know. Did he say he's going to do a top five? Did he release that? I don't know. I didn't see that. I thought I saw where he said. He, it said coming soon, so I don't know if. Oh, okay. So it, I did see that tweet, though? Yeah. Okay. Um, but you're not sure if it's been released? Right. So it's probably not. Let's okay. get. Um, yeah, he said that two days ago. He said top five. Coming also, I, I did like that Miami just didn't mess mess it up. They just went. No, they did everything they like had to do. Like They, they clearly were not going to like try to go off. And go off and right. go on their own and their own see thing. what they could do. They definitely just went with what was safe, but I feel like they did pretty good. Yeah, you, you go to it and then you get a offensive tackle to protect yeah. him. I, mean, I, feel like, I feel like you did about as good as you. It's not going to really, it probably won't translate to win, that many more wins next year, mm-hmm. but it could in the future. I feel like you did okay. My yeah. Panthers, uh, all seven picks were defensive guys. What do you think about that? Going all defense. Really? That's probably needs they needed to address. But. Yeah. I mean, with their offense, you have McCaffrey. Bridgewater, you got some good receivers, Robbie Anderson. Um, so, yeah, there was definitely maybe some holes on that offensive line, but right. I guess you address what you need to address. I think you probably addressed Yeah, yeah. That, That's the big thing. Uh, Let's get the, Shane, oh, before oh, we do that, Shane Bentley said he was surprised Fromm didn't get taken by the Pats. I, I think he might be talking about the fifth-round pick. No, Fromm was gone by then. He did. Fromm did go the entire third round as the best available Third round, fourth round? That's the best available and didn't get picked. He almost went, I thought he was going to go 199th. Like, I was like, this is going to happen, and he's (laughs) going to end up being one of the best quarterbacks I meant to write it down. Did you write down Mr. Irrelevant? It was a corner, I think. Oh, I don't know. No, I didn't write that down. I'll pull it up real quick. I think Mr. Irrelevant was a corner. Um, Fromm to the Patriots probably would have been a really good pickup. I feel like Fromm is undervalued because he started off his career so hot. Like, he didn't get worse in his career. No. He, he just doesn't have great arm strength. He just no. doesn't 
the attributes aren't there to yeah. wow you. And he great he graded terrible the combine. I didn't know. But he he wins football games. So. He wins football games. Um, let's go to the Vols drafted. So you had Daryl Taylor um, drafted in the second round, forty eighth overall to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they actually traded up to get him. Yeah, thought that was a good pick. They mentioned that he was you know one of their top edge rushing prospects, and and they traded up to get him. I feel like that was huge for Dylan Brooks to see that. Yeah, I think that definitely plays a part when you're recruiting guys and trying to get them. Because I think when he, I think I read when he watched film with Derek Ainsley when he was on campus, they actually watched highlights of Daryl Taylor. Oh, okay, yeah, nice. Um, so he'll join Dominic Wood Anderson, who we'll talk about in a second, and Chloe McKenzie in Seattle. And then uh, Juwan Jennings goes to the 49ers, the seventh round, 217th pick overall. Um, he'll join Jonathan Kongbo, Jalen Hurd, and Emmanuel Mosley. Yeah. Um, and Tease Tabor. Oh, Tease. That's going to be interesting practice. I mean, right. Tabor's like, all right, I'm, I'm in the league. I'm away for Juwan Jennings. And then he felt safe. And he's he terrible won. at Detroit. He goes to San Francisco. They almost win a Super Bowl. And then they draft Juwan Jennings. Yeah, it's going to be a nightmare for him. <laughs> going to be a nightmare. Um, Mr. Relevant, before we go on about Tennessee, was Tay Crowder, linebacker out of Georgia. Linebacker, not corner. Sorry. Oh. Um, that's Mr. Relevant this year. Uh, I like, I do like Juwan Jennings to the 49ers. Though. I feel like he got in a good situation. Like, yeah. I know it sucks that he went later than probably expected, but at least it's a good situation. Yeah, they got rid of um, Emmanuel Sanders isn't there. Um, they do have Debo Samuel. Who else do they have? I think Marquise Good, uh, Goodwin is yeah. going to be gone too. Oh, yeah? So I don't know who their other. Debo like... Samuel, Jalen Hurd, Travis Benjamin, then the brand, uh, first round pick from Arizona State. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Jalen Hurd is their second listed wide receiver. <clears throat> so we could see potentially yeah, Jalen Hurd. Before he got hurt, he was playing. They'll probably do some work in free agency, but there's potential we could see Jalen Hurd and Juwan Jennings sharing the field in the same uniform, in the same position. <laughs> That'd be wild. Do you think they're friends? From everything I heard, they were not when Hurd originally left campus. Mm. It's going to be so. an interesting conversation. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then you have some Tennessee players sign um, undrafted free agent deals. You have Callaway, Marquise Callaway going to the Saints. You have Nigel Warrior with the Ravens. And then, like I said, Dominique Wood Anderson is headed to the Seahawks. And then Daniel Batuli is still waiting. Um, I think his knee got flagged. Um, so he's waiting for okay. the exams to come back um, and then hopes to sign a deal after that. Apparently they had like a, a later round draft grade for him but the the knee came back yeah that's as, a, as a red flag and he probably would have got it taken care of beforehand but with all this you can't really travel <laughs> right um so couldn't get that taken care of but hopes to get it taken care of soon and will be signed i, I think he's gonna be I, I think out of those four guys that went undrafted i feel like he would be the highest ceiling for me just because he's a he's a tackling machine yeah you i mean you would think he he seems to be Kind of along in the game, and he's got a ton of talent too, ton of speed, and yep. very physical. So, any any other vols in the draft you want to talk about? Who do you like? Who do you think fell into the best situation? Out of the the vols, yeah, oh. that were drafted, signed, whatever. I think Darrell Taylor fits in in well because you know it, 
they've always had a pretty good defense there. They lose Jadavian Clowney. I feel like that spot's, I don't know how open it is, but I feel like it's, he, he, he goes in a good to opportunity to, to see the field. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like Daryl Taylor there for sure. I do. I think when in doubt, you go with guys that produce in the SEC, and that's Daryl Taylor did that, Callaway did that, Warrior, not really Dominique Wood Anderson, but Tooley did that. So when in doubt, like go with the guys who produce in the best league possible. Right. I'm excited to see Marcos Callaway in, in New Orleans. I'm excited. I don't know how good, uh, how great a chance he has to you know make the roster and get on the team, but if he does, it's certainly going to be a really good situation for him. Yeah, probably get the ball. Everybody gets the ball in that Everybody, offense. Everybody gets the ball. Share the wealth. Yep. Segments. Most important of the week. Most important. Uh, mine would go to LSU for getting 14 players drafted. Setting that's a record. That's pretty big time. That's insane. I think... You can't argue that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's wild. Yep. I mean, it, it goes to show you how much talent they had right. for that season. Right. Like, LSU is probably one of the best college football teams ever. It was one of those that kind of everything's kind of came together for them. Yeah. And I mean, the staff and stuff had to work hard to make it happen, but it definitely, everything came together. Mm-hmm. So You got to do that to win national championships. I right. mean, look at when Auburn went to the national championship. They had the kick six. They had the, the Georgia yep. play. And we'll see it next year on the, uh, or next year, next week, or this week on Wednesday with uh, the, uh, the fumble against Arkansas. Yeah. Championship teams need some luck. Championship teams need some luck. Um, my first most important is the Lakers may be returning to the practice facility in May. They may get the ball rolling, get some guys in there, and um, start kind of looking at how to, to best go forward with all this and still play. Yeah. Potentially the NBA could be moving to a, uh entire, I guess, like little – Village of their own. They could be living together and playing yeah. and keeping them all together to try to play. The NBA season could be happening. So maybe could pave the way for uh, other leagues to get going, potentially. Yeah. It's a little bit smaller than most, but still. It's exciting that we may get some sports soon, live sports soon. Um, I don't know who picked this guy, um, but Antonio Gandy-Golden, the Liberty wide receiver. L- listen to all this. So his first sports was gymnastics. So he's a gymnast. <laughs> he's bowled a perfect game and recently began learning guitar. He's a graphic designer. He grew up raising chicken, raising sheep, chickens, rooster, and pigs. Is that the? He's got to be the most interesting. Yeah. The, are those his? Are those his draft facts? Yeah. Who did? Who died? Nobody died. I don't think anybody died. <laughs> Maybe a rooster died, or or chicken, or sheep. <laughs> um, don't put that evil on him. <laughs> but but none of them. No family member died, unless they think of farm animals as family members, which <laughs> it's a different topic for a different day. Right, right. Um, that's all I got for most important. You got any more most important? Uh, I got a lot of fails. There's a lot of failures. I only have a few fails. Well, I guess I have a ton, but they're kind of all condensed into one. Um, I have any more most important. Oh, I have one more. Let's hear it. Kenny Robinson. Um, the Panthers actually drafted the the former West Virginia safety. But he uh, joined the XFL. Um, so first XFL player taken. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Most important. Okay. Where was I for the last one? I think I'm on a fails. Um, my first fail is, and then we'll talk about this with the desk. ESPN posting just they they have changed they have turned the heartbreaking story into like it's why everyone hates American Idol, right? 
Because yeah. everyone comes in and they're like, I used to not be able to talk, but now I sing. <laughs> yeah. And I overcame not being able to talk. <laughs> like, what? And then they're like, my grandmother died and she never got to hear me sing, but this is her dream. What? This is her dream for you to go on American Idol? She died in 1943. <laughs> she knew I wanted, I should meet Blake Shelton. She knew that's what, I don't know, that's what the NFL draft has turned it into. It's like, their grandmother died and he's... Yeah, I just, I, don't, I think but, I heard one, it was like, his uncle died in a on a business trip, like years ago, and he wears a <laughs> necklace because... I, he wears like, 55, and I'm not, 22. And I'm not laughing at the No, 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 the, the situations story, are not funny. But, Let's be clear about that. Like, what is that, why is that relevant for everybody to know? Right. My question is, is why does every athlete have to have that? Like, I get the every once in a while inspirational story. Like, their grandmother died. Is, is that part of the draft process? Hey, what's a sad-ass story? They had, I mean, they had to give them, like, forms to fill out. Like, tell us your, I guess, like, worst moment of your life. Like, yeah. I don't know. Something you had to overcome in your life. It was, it, I mean, it was wh- terrible. It what was if somebody was just like, I crapped my pants in fifth grade and yeah. everybody saw them? I like, hope they would have pants. <laughs> My next fail is kind of along those lines. Um, It's Wes Rucker. He (laughs) tweeted, kind of on the same lines we were doing, but he's kind of a hypocrite. He said, can we quote with the stories about the deaths associated with these draftees? Sometimes it's a great story, but this is the first thing resembling live sports we've gotten to experience in a while. Let's try to be a little less morbid and know the audience. He's certainly not morbid, but he is the poster child of calling way too many people tough. He, JG was tough. Worley was tough. Everybody that's ever played at the University of Tennessee has been tough. That kid is tough. Isn't he the Every- one saying that oh, I've had a f- few hard days myself, too? Isn't I'm he sure. like a pity party, too? I'm sure. But he's got a ton of... I need to go back and try to find him. Uh, oh, so right now. Or, no, sorry. Where is it? Where did he... Oh, I just had it. He called one of the basketball players tough. He's like, you won't find a tougher kid than this. They're all tough. I've been around this kid for four years. That's the toughest kid I know. (laughs) They're all the toughest kids he knows. It's insane. I'm like, good God. (laughs) So uh, my next one is uh, Corey Foreman. Um, He was the the recent decommitment from Clemson. Got a tiger tattoo on his arm. Decommitted from Clemson. Dang. I was hoping it was going to be like a leopard tattoo or something. (laughs) thought he got a tiger. It'd be really funny if it was like a Trojan tattoo. Like it, it right. At least a tiger, you can actually go to other places and get that tiger. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Oh, he even called Kentucky tough. Mark Stoops really has changed the culture of that Kentucky football program. Those kids are tough. They are tough. <laughs> They're so tough. <laughs> you know, speaking of Kentucky, I got an I got another one too. Lynn Bowden Jr. They uh he got drafted by uh the, the Raiders. A, of course. I, I've got a, I've got a bunch of one. Can we stay here for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I don't know. This is all from Westbury. I don't know how much Garantano Tano takes this much damage every week. He gets destroyed. Such a tough kid. Five years prior to that, Herman Lathers is back in the game. Vols senior linebacker is a tough, tough kid. He deserved a better career. If you know anything about Danny O'Brien and how tough that kid is, you know he's a serious problem if he's staying down. <laughs> Mark West North is an old school kid. Tough, quiet, very hardworking. I respect him a lot. Oh... Buff Hamster is playing his tail off, man. Tough kid. <laughs> Who's Buff Hamster? I can't remember. I remember talking about it. Gutsy moved there from Garantano. Man, that kid is tough. These are all different tweets, guys. 
Can't believe I just noticed this, but Vol's shot title hopped nearly all the way across the field last season on broken leg. Tough kid. Lamonte Turner is having a rough night, but good gosh, that kid is tough. God. Say this much for Make it stop. <laughs> Say this much for CJ Feather. He's around the walls, absolutely obliterating him after time after time in that tax slayer bowl. Tough kid. God bless. Stop. Bama coach Avery Johnson. Oh, that's Avery Johnson coming on it. Dang it. Oh, I actually don't mind Matt Sims. We got all the way back to Matt Sims. <laughs> I got all the way back to Matt Sims. I actually don't mind Matt Sims. Neither do his coaches, teammates. Kids tough as hell. Is that the only adjective he knows is tough? Know. Jesus. That's incredible. I didn't think I'd get all the way back to like 20, what, 11, 10? God. Speaking of tough, Lynn Bowden's tough. Lynn Bowden's tough. <laughs> I bet there's a Lynn Bowden's tough in here. Got you want me to look? No, please, God, no. <laughs> I'm looking too late. Uh, so, Lynn Bowden Jr. gets drafted by the Raiders, of course, because the Raiders just reach on everybody. Um, but he said... His draft facts are attended same high school as NFL wide receiver Randall Cobb. Both played quarterback at Warren Harding High School. I don't know where Warren Harding High School is, but it isn't in Alcoa, Tennessee. It is not. Did, didn't Randall Cobb tweet something back at that? Yeah, he, okay. he tweeted yeah, something. I don't remember what it was. But you have any more? Please not about that guy. <laughs> uh, come Jesus. on. I think I could. I think I could find a, a twofer here if you give me a second. I might be able to. I was hoping to find one for uh, Bowden and Bowden because I just searched Bowden. You know the toughest position in uh, in football is tight end, right? Tough. Tough position. Tough to describe just how much more lethal the balls are now that Jordan Bowden. Tough. Yeah, that is his only adjective. Tough. Um, speaking of tough, tight end position, the Bears are tough also. Um, they have 10. So they drafted Cole Kmet, uh, the tight end at a Notre Dame. Um, they have 10 tight ends on the roster now. 10. I saw that. That's insanity. That's tough, man. Tough. <laughs> that is tough. <laughs> that's what that's. God bless. Dude, that's incredible. I went from 19 all the way back to 2011, I think, and found the same tweet pretty much, just a different name. Uh, what's up, Melissa May? What's up, Austin Styles? Hope y'all are doing good. We're going through our fails of the week right now. I think I had another one that didn't involve Wes Rucker. God bless. Um, the Florida, we, we talked about the Coach Hova trolling that. Dude, don't be an idiot. Don't do that. Uh, and then I did have ESPN. Derek Brown actually tweeted back. This wasn't ESPN. I don't know who this was. It was oh, a different It was outlet. like a TMZ. Yeah. Tweeted, uh, Panthers draft Derek Brown, seventh overall. Derek speaks on being a fun dad with his baby mama. And he was like, that's not how you address my girlfriend. Yeah, don't do that. Also, all the effing white knight people coming in here like, would you say the same thing about a black girl? Do you not want him to stand up for the girl? Because he doesn't have to. Like, why does it matter? Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, it's, his, girl, it's his girlfriend. He stood up for the girl. That point blank period. Get out of here. Jesus Christ. Right. Um, speaking of tough, uh, Scott Cochran. He says, tough. develop and earn. Who's next? And it has a list of basically Alabama's first round picks. He made a graphic. <laughs> Developed and earned. I hate that they do that. We are kind of talking about that earlier. I yeah, I mean you were the, yeah you're really good at what you did, but I wouldn't. You're a special teams coordinator now. Right. Like what are you? What? Right. Um, I did have a most one most important. This has nothing to do with football, but I think we should talk about this as a group, and we need to understand that I think this is a fantastic idea. Okay. So you've seen all the companies that like to counter the social distancing. Um, you've seen like the restaurants that are serving like 
they're not serving you the meal. They're like giving you the steak or the burgers, the potatoes and the vegetables to take home and cook, right? Yeah. I think we should continue that. Okay. So like have you seen where um oh my gosh, Littons in Fountain City, like they're selling their burgers. Yeah. And you go home and grill them. Cook them. Yeah. Why can we not do that all the time? Cuz I'm not going to go find a Littons burger at Food City. And then uh Calhoun's did one that looked awesome. It was a grill kit. It was steak, mashed potatoes, broccoli with beer cheese, house or Caesar salad kit, garlic rolls, and some kind of seasoning. I'm like, that seems like a really good deal. How much was it? $40 for a $25 for two. For two 12 For two ounce? steaks. What kind of ounce are we talking? We're we talking uh, six ounce? We're we talking 12, 24? I'm going to go like a probably six or seven ounce. Hmm. And then, but $45 for four. Wow. Yeah. And like, that's not just steak too. It's a lot. Of, I feel like we should continue that. Are you guys with me? Good. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we can be all be on the same page. I think this could have brought about good change potentially. And we just need to make sure that happens. That's yep. all I'm saying. Okay. Sorry. We can go back to fails if you have any more. I'm good. I'm going to save some of these for stupidity. Okay. Perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I got one more. Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. Um, gave his players rings for owning the state of North Carolina. They beat UNC, Hell yeah. I like NC that. State, and Duke, and got him a ring. I guess when you're not, when you know you're not going to get a ring and anything else, well. I guess you you got to make up something to do it right. for. Right, right. But I'm just like, that's like, I'm like you're in college, bro. You're not winning the state titles. I mean, we don't get a ring every time we beat Vanderbilt. We should. Let's <laughs> not get ideas in our heads. <laughs> Butch Jones probably did that. Butch Jones definitely did that. Um. Is that all? Any more fails? Uh, the people, uh, the two broke God, into Neyland stealing beer. Well, apparently it was like a whole crew of them too. Like oh. I said, like more, they said those two people were caught because they were inside the gate when they oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like I get it. Like it's cool to have a beer in Neyland. I get that. Like, <laughs> come on. Landon's like, I would do the same thing. Like, I, I understand <laughs> meth is a heck of a drug. And so it, it makes you feel like, you know. Like you need a beer in Neyland. Or, or the pandemic is the third Saturday in October. I don't know. Right. But yeah, just you, you want to go tailgate next Saturday? I saw a family last weekend having a picnic on top of G10. We can, yeah, sure. We should do that. We should tailgate one day. That'd be fun. Um, Austin Styles asked, "What are your thoughts on college football this year? Do you think it will start on time, or do you think it will be delayed?" I think if everything stays as is right now, you don't see a growing trend. I think college football starts on time. I'm with that too. Yeah, I think there's a chance. Um, obviously, things are changing daily. So that could change tomorrow, even as early as tomorrow. But I think everybody should be pretty hopeful for college football to start on time. You could see a, a reduction in maybe fan attendance and who's allowed in the stadium and things like that. Potentially no fans. I better be allowed in that stadium. <laughs> Potentially uh, no fans allowed. But I think there's a chance that students are playing. Yeah. When August, September rolls around. And, and a lot of that's, you know, some of that's wishful thinking too. Yes, it um, is. It is a, I am kind of spinning on the side of hope. But I'm also like... You've heard some, some times or some dates that people could be reporting, and I think that gives me hope too. So it's a little bit of educated guess, a little bit of hope. Yeah, us. I think everybody's planning on, you know, planning to everything opening up on time. I think that's and just I think, school. If if school happens, I think football happens. Well, that and that's the big thing. If school starts in to, on time, well, not necessarily on time, but if school's in, in the fall, football will be in the fall. Yeah, um, and that's kind of our hope right now, and um, it kind of looks like that's happening. 
but yeah, we'll talk about this each week we get on. So please, please get on and remind us to to do that. Uh, next week we're talking, or not next week. I'm sorry, I always say that. We got two episodes per week. Make sure you catch us, and make sure you catch all the good shows um, on Volunteer Roadshow. Follow Volunteer Roadshow on Facebook and Twitter. Follow More Important Issues on Facebook and Twitter. Follow me and Landon on Facebook and Twitter. Um, make sure you guys check out Hound Dogs, Tennessee Tap House, Bet Now. Commercial bank, if you have any financial needs, guys, make sure you check out everybody. Um, we appreciate all of our all of our listeners. Um, anybody ask questions, you can ask them before the shows. If you need, if you have a question tonight that you want answered next time we get on, go ahead and ask it. Lana does a good job of saving all of those to make sure we get around to them uh, the next time we talk. Uh, so we really appreciate you guys. Make sure you like and share this uh, video. Um, Anchor FM now. We are back on. I think we had a small sabbatical of not being on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all that. We're back. We're so, back. Uh, if that's your preferred. I know that I prefer to listen on Spotify when I listen to podcasts. So if that's your preferred way of listening, we are back on there. Make sure you're going to have to go and probably follow us again and do all that. But we're there. So make sure you do that. Yep. Go check us out. Thanks for everything. We're bringing the boat in and we out.